that top down shit. Cruising on the motherfucking highway doing your goddamn thing. Ain't worried about a motherfucking soul. Just do you, baby. Retro player, player, and 64. Cruising USA Exotica, I need some votes. Hit the floors, cause I need that flower in this hoe. Nintendo power with the power, you gon' run the show. Flow heavy on beats like a tampon. Shorty wasn't sucking dick while your man gone. Hit it once, now your ex wanna stand off. Getting buck, hit the chug, Norris, now you're dead wrong. Retro player, player, and 64. You ain't cuffing, get these hundreds, I'ma tell Welcome everybody to Jeff versus the World presents a Bully and the Hipster Sports Talk podcast episode number fifteen. And like always, I got my man Shahid here. What's going on? Nothing much. Hope everyone's enjoying themselves this week. Um, speaking of enjoying myself, I enjoyed the Minnesota Vikings game this week. And I told you, I've been telling you, you had me worried. You told me, yeah, man, I should. Nah, worry. I, no, no, <laughs> don't, don't you dare lie. <laughs> Don't you? Because people listen and they know what you said. They know what I said. Don't you dare lie on this podcast. Somebody gonna have to give me the receipts. I told you, man, we ain't got nothing to worry about. Our defense is gonna come in and basically just kill <laughs> Philip Rivers. Uh, no, all jokes aside, I didn't expect that from the defense. I was <laughs> that was just something I didn't see all year. With like, I believe he had seven turnovers. That was an insane game on the defensive end and pretty much an easy win. It was almost a home game because I never – all those Minnesota Viking jerseys I saw in the crowd was insane. And I guess people in San Diego, you know, have just said, you know, forget it. The Chargers, it's <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a done deal. <laughs> and, well, I mean, they've always had issues with home attendance since they've moved there. Because I remember when we played them last year for like an Eagles home game. It must suck to be a Chargers fan. Because not that they lose, they just lose and either they get blown out or they lose in like last second nonsense. In the most horrible ways, like a missed field goal or a field goal after roughing the passer or a field goal after passing interference or a fumble or some fluke stuff. Over and over again. Between that and the injuries and Phillip Rivers just being... Philip Rivers, yeah. So I, I told you I had nothing to worry about with the Chargers. And you like, oh, you know, defense is me. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins. But I, honestly, you could, you had to, you had to at least understand where I was coming from. And nope. Why not? Chargers. I understand. It's the Chargers. I understand the Chargers, but it's, it's a, you know how away games go. You know how they go. It's, but it's the Chargers, so away game rules aren't the same. Okay. Okay. They should have never. They should have never moved to L.A. They got greedy. Like L.A. barely cares about the Rams, but they care about the Rams way more than they care about the damn Chargers. Like, what difference does it make? Yeah, that's true. Uh, the only um, only misfortunate thing happened in the game. Uh, Dalvin Cook got hurt. From all news I've been hearing now, he's fine. Uh, I don't know if he's gonna play this week, but. They say he's fine, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, the score ended up being 39-10. to 10. Cousins had a one pick, uh, but he threw for a touchdown. He really didn't have to do anything. It was the running game and defense that pretty much got it done. Uh, Boone uh, had two touchdowns. I believe Cook had two touchdowns, or maybe he had one. Phillip Rivers threw three interceptions. Uh, yeah, this game was pretty much uh, a done deal after the, uh, for, after the first half. But uh, let's talk about your Eagles now. Okay. Um, <laughs> I I don't know how to word it, so I I guess I want. To, I know y'all won, but I watched a little bit of the game, pretty much the end instead of the. I watched the second half. So let's talk about the first half. Explain to me what was going on in the first half. Yeah, the Eagles would go on twelve to fifteen play drives to score, and the rest can respond with a one play drive or a four play drive. So that was going, that was going on the first half. Like the Eagles could move the ball for the most part on the issues in the beginning of the game. They couldn't stop the Redskins. And it was funny because, you know, the Redskins have one of the worst offenses in the league, but one of the Achilles heels of the Eagles is they cannot handle fast athletic receivers. And they ran into a fast athletic receiver, just like they did week one. 
and he proceeds to score on like a little slant. No, missed coverage, bad angle, broken tackle, 70-something yards. So, like, imagine having to spend seven to eight minutes to drive down the field, kick a field goal after, like, 12 to 15 plays, and then you go right back on the defense because of the touchdown. You got to do it all over again. So, they were down the first half because they're always down the first half. The Eagles are definitely a second-half team, which is just a pain in the behind. And second half, it was like, you know, Offense was, um, well, offense more or less was clicking like midway through the third quarter through the rest of the game. And I give them a little bit of leeway because it's like they're throwing up practice squad receivers and rookies. Like they put a stat up there and told them like they told them on the catches for like 15 career. Hmm. Yeah. Like they're doing it with smoke and mirrors and running backs and tight ends and a whole bunch of screens and dump passes and at least we don't have to hear about this whole Carson Wentz is a clutch crap, even though oh. the whole clutch thing is always nonsense. Cause like this is the second week in a row. He's led his team to a game winning drive. I guess the NFC East team. It's a shame that they have to struggle with the Giants and the Redskins because both of those teams are bad, but the Eagles right now offense is like, they, they aren't the same team they were when the season started. So like a win's a win. And I don't know if you saw that highlight that rollout touchdown he threw. Yeah, I saw it. And it was funny because I saw Miles Sanders catch it. All the announcers was like, is it intercepted? Because they couldn't fathom, like, how he threw that ball. And I think when I first saw it, I just thought, oh, it's just, you know, he rolled out through a pass. And then they showed the replay. I'm like, it's no – he had no business completing that. Because two – he threw a pass two Redskins hands where I'm not surprised either one of them knocked it down, hit Miles Sanders directly in the corner – on like a perfect on a perfect pass. I'm like doing that while running with that degree of difficulty and that pass. I'm like that's that's why people get excited about Carson Wentz. You know, that's why they ignore like the fumbles and the sloppy footwork and you know, when he misses he misses high. Cuz he's, he's it's funny like he's he's not a polished quarterback. So when he makes bad plays, it's kind of like, you know, What's wrong with the footwork? Why is he airballing stuff? Like, when he misses, he misses. But when he's on, there's not a lot of people that can do what he can do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, reminiscent of the y'all Super Bowl run when he was making plays like that. And I was just like, wow, how did how did he how did he get that pass there? Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Like, it started off where he was going a bootleg. He faked like he was going to spin to the left and then went to the right. I was like. Yeah, that's slick. Like, he does a lot of slick stuff, like ducking under sacks and blitzes and, like, juking people. Like, it's – you don't think of him as an athletic, like, in a league with Josh Allen and Lamar Jacksons and Deshaun Watsons and Kyle Allens, but it's like – he's not a slouch either in the pocket. Like, he can move around. He can do plays. And he had to, like, the second half, I think he had, like, three incompletions. He didn't have any in the fourth – he didn't have any in the fourth quarter when they had that last drive. And <sighs> – yeah, it's kind of like they gotta. He has to play at that level because beside him and Miles Sanders, it's a bunch of no and like, of course, Zach Ertz. It's a bunch of rookies and no names. Yeah, and uh, I guess what we'll talk about now is you know after Dallas's um, beatdown of the Rams, which I thoroughly enjoyed and hated at the same time. Um, <laughs> we're looking at you two guys playing in Philly. And it seems like it's pretty much a de facto NFC championship game. In the yeah, East I mean, basically, like, the Eagles will still have – if they win – if Cowboys win, it's over. If the Eagles win and then they win next week, the Eagles win. So the Eagles still have to win both games. Um, the Cowboys just have to beat the Eagles. But the last game is because the Giants in New York. So I couldn't see themselves beating the Cowboys and losing, but you never know. Yeah, it's basically like, you know – game for the NFC East and people kind of thought that this game would be for the NFC East they just thought that both teams would be a lot better not struggling to get, not bright not struggling to get the 500 and like I say Eagles home game for the division so you know that crowd is going to be insane I mean I can't call it like they've the last situation that was like close to like this was that 44-6 game people bring up like I think 2007-2008 there's like a lot of things had to go right for the Eagles to get there. And then it was kind of like a winner take all. And they blew the brakes off the Cowboys. 
So, but I guess we'll see, you know, because it's like the Cowboys on paper have the advantage. They have more talent. But, you know, it's a division game. It's Eagles-Cowboys. It's a home game. You know, the Eagles going to come fired up. I'm just, as I watch Greg Ward, like he's a practice squad receiver that's been on the practice squad for like three years, and he's finally getting a chance. And people make it say, like, maybe if he was in instead of Nelson Aguilar, the Eagles wouldn't be in this position because they would probably have, like, two more wins. And... I think the biggest issue with the Eagles that's valid is that sometimes they lean on nostalgia too much instead of trusting like young players. Cause it's like, you know, instead of having Jay Ajayi and Darren Sproles, just use Miles Sanders and Boston Scott more. Instead of like, you know, focus on like too many times, like let's get this guy blast the pass. And it's like the Eagles issue has been team speed. They don't have enough young speed. So lean on it. And too many times, like, you know, Get Joy or Matthews for what? Like we've been through this song and dance. Like they, they keep doing. Like you know what he had. Like you know what he can do, and you know what he can't do. Like you know what you have with that, and that's not enough. Try some eye young. If it don't work, you're back at square one. So what? You're not losing anything. So a lot of these changes should have happened a lot sooner, but they're happening now. So you know, once the playoffs starts, a whole new thing. But, you know, it is what it is. I guess we'll find out. You know, either I'm going to be in a very good mood when we do the show next week, or I'm going to be in a horrible mood when we do the show next week. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, Because we have the Monday night game, and it'll be against the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. So, um, I know how that goes, playing Aaron Rodgers. So, it ain't over till it's over, and we'll see what happens. And I hope that defense and that we played in San Diego comes to play the same way in, uh, when we go against Green Bay because uh, we're going to need it. Definitely going to need it. Um, I mean, yeah, but, you know, it's a division game. It's Vikings, Packers that can go in your way. But it's kind of like that's not the same Aaron Rodgers. I know it's the name if you yeah. focus on that. But it's like, you know, yeah. Don't be like the mystique of like, oh, we're rotten, no. They treat people like the boogeyman. Like, for the longest time, people treat Tom Brady like that. And now it's like, y'all lost to that bum. <laughs> like, it's funny saying that about certain older quarterbacks, but it's kind of like the names are the same and the faces are the same, but the play aren't, plays are the same. And I think it's taking people time to get used to that. Yeah. Because they're still getting, like, the same, like, respect. Like, you know, yeah, Aaron Rodgers still Aaron Rodgers. It's like Aaron Rodgers used to be undisputed, like, the number one and number two QB in the league. And he ain't top five this year. And yeah. it's, it is not blasphemy. It is not blasphemy to say that, but it's just hard to when like if you said that, it's like, what are you talking? About? I'm like, Dak Prescott's had a better year than than Brett Favre. I mean, than Aaron Rodgers. Which is Matt crazy. Stafford was having, Matt Stafford was having a better year before he got hurt. It's kind of like if you actually watch and pay attention to QB plays, like yeah, those you see those names. Like of course you think Tom Brady's doing this. It's like uh, it ain't how it ain't how you think. Philip Rivers ain't the same how he used to be. Even Drew Brees is kind of like, you know, he's still Drew Brees. was like, Sean Payton's not doing all these gadget plays to Taysom Hill because he's bored. There's a reason for that. So it's just like, you know, Josh McDaniel's not calling all these QB wide-out passes for the Patriots because it's like, oh, I'm going to trip him up. It's like, you do that when you need to. If you do it once, like we talked about before, you do it once in a while, it's a change of pace. If it's a consistent part of your game plan, then what's really going on? Yeah, um, let me ask you a question uh, because I watched it numerous times and I'm still not sure. Was that a touchdown uh, <laughs> that the Falcons made? You know, I didn't see it. Um, I saw people talk about it on Twitter, so I can't really comment. But it's kind of like how many times? Like I can't really comment on something I, I didn't see. I heard people okay. talking about touchdown now. So I've heard. I heard enough people on Twitter said that it broke the plane. Like smart people. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I just want to have the discussion because I understand all it has to do is break, but it just ah, the, I, no, the more, it's more just, I kept second guessing myself, the more I saw it. It don't have to be the whole football. Just yeah. got to be a piece of the football. And uh, football is such an arbitrary thing. Like you know, one of the rules I hate the most is the touchback fumble. You fumble anywhere else, and you get the ball back where it goes out. It goes throughout. It goes out the end zone. The defense gets it back. Yeah, I, yeah, I hate that that's, too. That's stupid. It's like that makes no sense. Just put it at the one. Are you eating, Jeff? 
Uh, yes, sir, I am. Um, <laughs> it's been a rough day, but you didn't have to call me out, though. <laughs> so, but no, I didn't see that play, but I did see parts of the game to realize the same time I've been talking about San Francisco. It's kind of like people wonder about Jimmy G and what he done. Like, he works as long as everything else is working. If everything as he finishes his chips. <laughs> all right, all right, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. All right, okay. Done. Yeah, like, he's fine as long as everything else is working, but when everything else isn't up to par, like at optimum capacity, you're going to run into problems. They ran into problems. That same issue is going to be in the playoffs, which is kind of like, you know, people talking about San Francisco, the best team in the NFC. I'm like, I, I guess, but it's hard. it's hard saying that when you're not sure about your quarterback, because San Francisco defense is very good, but they're not like Baltimore Ravens level good. They're not like, you know, top defense in history good. They're just like, you know, very good for regular season. But we've seen, we've seen, we've seen great defenses before. Like the Patriots have a great defense, you know, but it's kind of like you run into the wrong team, you're going to run into, like the Patriots going to have the same problem where, Home home field advantage is going to be important to them because if they run into Kansas City or they run into Baltimore and it's a road game, and I'm, and even if Kansas City, I, I probably doesn't matter if it's a road game or not, yeah, they're going to have some problems. And San Francisco is going to have the same problem, like where they run in New Orleans and some team that can score, and they're going to have some problems. Which is why it was so important for them to keep that number one uh, spot. Now that uh, the Seattle has it, it's like, uh-oh. That changes mm-hmm. the whole thing for the 49ers now. So more than likely they'll probably be playing, well, depending on what you guys do, they'll probably be playing whoever wins the NFC East on the road. Uh, that'd be, that'd be a, it's a good chance we play. It's a good chance we play them. Well, you know, the whole thing about that is, I'm tired of people now with the whole... It's, the joke is funny. Okay, they shouldn't go to the playoffs. Well, blah, blah. Yeah, I get it. Now the joke is running this course. Listen, anything can happen once you get in the playoffs. Because we've seen teams have uh, not stellar records and go on a run. Look at the Giants. I think like, but what? Those two years they won their playoffs, they were wild cards? Or it wasn't one year they were wild cards? Man, look, look at the Ravens when Joe Flacco won it. All you got to do is get in. <laughs> or the, like, I mean, seriously, like, you know, the Packers. The year they won, yeah, they got high. They got high the right time because they could have easily lost to Philly in the in the wild card game. Michael Vick just happened to throw that interception. They were driving down with like thirty seconds left, and it, we're looking at Aaron Rodgers a lot differently. Had that, that happened, yeah, that changes and everything. Be, and, and a good chance might be looking at Michael Vick a lot differently. Like Michael Vick's probably in the Hall of Fame if he wins a Super Bowl. Like all it takes is sometimes all it takes is one. So. Yeah, all, all you got to do is get in and you got a chance. Because there's no team that's like, you. it's a lot of great teams. But it's, besides Baltimore, there's no team like you're afraid to play. So it's like, once you get in, anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody wants to go to Seattle and play. That's the only one that I that's, listen. Man, that's, that's, over, that's overrated. That is not the, I don't know why people keep treating Seattle like that's the same thing. I mean, it's not the, like as great as Russell Wilson is. That defense is not the same as it used to be. And Seattle's still living off that stigma, like it's the Legion of Boom. It's not. It is. It is not. And I'm frustrated because when we played them, if our team was like, if we just played Carson Wentz plays an average game, we beat in Seattle. Like Seattle used to be this boogeyman, like you don't want to play and it's like that. They not the same. Like, it's, it's not the same thing. Like, Russell Wilson is elevating that team to where it is. But it's not like, I'm afraid to play Seattle because the 12th man. Da, 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 da. Cam Chancellor ain't there decapitating people anymore. <laughs> well, that's true. So Earl, that's like, true. Earl Thomas isn't there covering half the field and Richard Sherman covering a quarter. Like, you know, they still have Bobby Wagner. They Jadavion Clowney is great at getting a lot of QB pressures and defending against the run and not sacking anybody. But it's like the defense is not the same as it used to be. That offense is Russell Wilson creating magic. And hopefully when the running game works, they're good. Run game doesn't work. It's like Russell Wilson is running around trying to make things happen. Like Doug Ball was not there anymore. Tyler Lockett is good. DK Metcalf is good at times and bad at times. Josh Gordon suspended again. 
So, yeah. Wait, Josh Gordon suspended again? Oh, yes, he is suspended indefinitely. Uh, you, this sports show, Jeff, is we'll be keeping up with sports. Listen, it's been rough. <laughs> Work has been a little bad. I fell asleep watching Raw. It was a lot of things going on, but um, I didn't know that. Yes. I, I guess yeah. I, I guess I don't have to guess. I know why. Yeah, same. Okay. It's the same reasons always is, which is uh, hopefully he gets the help he needs because he definitely needs help. And it's kind of like that's why I wasn't stressing when the Eagles didn't sign him. It's like people keep thinking about, oh, past history and potential. He's like, you're not talking about past history and potential doesn't matter if you don't have your life in order. He doesn't have his life. Like, New England's not in a position where they're just letting receivers go because they bored. Like this, they Tom Brady's doing his best to try to get Antonio Brown back. Yeah, so the is. fact that they, yeah, so the fact that they need help and they let him go should have like you know let people understand maybe to leave this alone. And I hear us all the Eagles don't want to win, and so I'm like, that's not the same Josh Gordon. Like, speaking of that, we talking about Josh Gordon for what six years ago? People talking about six or five years ago? Because because the potential because when he's played when he's come back. Stuff has flashed, and you keep and we always do that. You know, you get things. I call it the Al Harrington syndrome. If you just work stuff out, you get it together. Like that whole potential, or if you like real good for one year. You know, Derek Anderson. Derek Anderson had a whole career off one year. I mean, with the Pro Bowl, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like you know, you get that back, you get a chance, and it's like sometimes it's only you know, sometimes you just cannabis. You might just it might just be once. A lot of people, a lot of people was hot for like one year, one summer. Freeway was hot for like a short time frame, but that don't mean you're gonna have that don't mean you know you're gonna be hot for ten years or even hot for five years. But it's like you know when he was hot, he's the best receiver in the league. It was a long time ago. That was a lot of things before, you know, a lot of things that happened since then. But people keep deluding themselves, thinking like, you know, just give him a chance, and he get back on the treadmill and clean environment. Da, da, da. Football is not a conducive environment for somebody with, you know, drug, you know, substance abuse issues anyway. Yeah, that's it's not, that's, yeah, that's different. It's not, it's not stable about that. So I was never. I was like, I hope he gets better for his sake. But that whole he gonna be the same dude, like, nah. Well, you brought up Michael Vick earlier. And um, I saw it was some type of petition going around. Uh, what the hell was that petition about? Or they were mad because he was an honorary captain for the Pro Bowl team. Ah, okay. So yeah. somebody brought a petition talking about, oh, that's a bad look because you know he killed, he used to kill dogs. And everyone's coming out saying, yeah, he did federal time for it. And now he's one of the biggest like animal advocates that they have out there. It's like I thought the part of the point of jail is like you do jail to serve your time, and then once you serve your time, and you have a chance to get back to society, they give you a chance to get back to society. Not this whole he can't never do nothing again. Yeah, people are stupid. Um, because I thought I had, I thought I had read something like that, and I was just like I I wasn't sure if it was about the uh, captain being a pro bowl, but I wanted to make sure because I was just like, okay, yeah, he went to jail, like. No, you just weren't sure. He like it couldn't be nothing that damn unimportant and that damn stupid. You should have trusted your instincts. And you know what? You're right. And I gotta really start trusting my instincts when it comes to certain things, especially on social media these days. Uh, do you want to jump into some 76ers talk? Because I can tell you right now, I've come to grips with my uh, Timberwolves. Because yeah. Oh, since we're done talking football, what's they talk about the Sixers? You you brought them out. They they bullies. <laughs> I mean, and it's hilarious because last week I heard all this crap with Shaq and Charles Barkley. John B don't want anymore. He needs to go in the paint, barbecue chicken. Back my dog on the paint, play paintball. You got to put in there, lean the shoulder in there. After they beat Denver. And it's funny, Jokic came back in way worse shape than MB's, playing a horrible year. And it's kind of like they brought it up. But all the focus on Embiid, like, you know, he don't want it. He playing too passive. And I'm like, he leads the league in post points by a lot. It's not even close. 
even my off year, he's still averaging 22 and 12. He's still one of the best defensive players in the league. He's just playing less minutes, so he's taking less shots. But since people focus on points, you know, them big numbers, all they all they know is he was averaging 27, and now it's 22. Something must be wrong. So what does Embiid have to do? So what does he do? Okay, play Boston on TV, dominate Boston. Like, yeah, you know, I don't mind criticism. I want to play better, and I just want to be the best. And I'm like, it shouldn't even got to that point in the first place. And I always rail against these old back day on they back in the day shit about how we used to play and why they play that way. You know why they don't play the way Shaq plays? Because they changed the legal defense rules. You know why they changed the legal defense rules? Because it was impossible to guard Shaq and Kobe back then. Back on the old rules. It was literally like you cannot, like the rules benefited Shaq anyway, besides the fact that Shaq is Shaq, that you couldn't stop him. They wanted to get that out the league. Like it's harder the score in the paint. We've talked about this paint stuff. Yeah. And he's and it's kind of like, what do we I just get annoyed because that's six years like they like I think the second or third best record in the league. You would never know that if you add like if you go on six to Twitter, you swear they was like having a losing record. And it, it's funny where we went from season started with slandering Tobias Harris. Overpaid. Soft. Why are you paying somebody like J. Cole all that money? Should have kept Jimmy Butler. And then he's been hot and more like he's gonna be an all-star. Then it went to slander Ben Simmons. He don't shoot enough jumpers. He's soft. He you know, they need to trade, you know, trade him for Chris Paul and all this crap. Now it's Joel and B. He's fat. He's lazy. He don't wanna win. How come he always getting sick? What's wrong? And I'm I'm like, we have never, and I, I'm tired of keep saying the same arguments. The Sixers have never had this much young talent at the same time, and fans do not know how to handle this. They just don't. I'm like, the team is fine. It's fine. Milwaukee got the best record in the league. They just had their win streak broken by the Mavericks, or some or some people call them the Magavericks. About Donkey. Oh, boy. oh. Look at that! Look at that Mavericks roster. You know, you understand why that nickname come from. That they look a certain way, unlike the demographics of most of the NBA. They can run out of start. Trust me, I'm a Sixer fan, so they used to make the jokes about us. Like it's been some years, we can run out starting five. We can run out of five, like Ben Simmons and four white guys, or five white guys, and they can all play. <laughs> how many? How many teams have got like six or seven white guys that that actively play? How many got more than how many got more than like three? I can't think of nobody. How many how many attempts how many the Timberwolves got? One? Maybe two. I'm thinking one though. Yeah, we have one. Even though some people don't think Turkish is white, like Cork for kind of Korkmaz. And that's it. it. Like we used to have like four or five. We got one. Some teams, teams only got one or two. Mavericks have a have quite a few, and it's very noticeable. So people make that. But anyway, I just make that to make the point across. Like the Sixers are fine, but I keep. It was bad enough here in local media and local fans, but now here in national stuff, it's like, oh, you know, it's it's good that Joel and B listen to Shaq, so he can really. Well, I'm like, you don't listen to Shaq for. Like stop, stop with this back. Put your ass in the on their hip and back it down for five seconds. Shoot a hook shot, crap. Like if it was easy, everybody would do it. Yeah, you had to put me hip to that. I, I'm and I'm kind of glad you told me about it because I just really had to look at the league in general. And on top of that, I watched that. Uh, I guess it was the day after or two days after they had an interview and they were talking to him, um, Shaq and Charles. And I'm just like. Charles Barkley, you telling him to play in a way that you never played. Like, what? Like, get out of here with that nonsense. I get it, you know, no. you on TV and you talk. Chelsea. Go ahead. You know how maddening it would be if you watch Charles Barkley now? Like, I'm a Sixer fan. So I grew up, you know what Barkley get the, he'd get the ball, he'd wait for like six seconds, and then he'd start backing down, backing <laughs> down for like 14 seconds, and then make a move. They le- they legislate that out the game because of him. It ain't nobody backing down nobody for no 19 seconds anymore. Like, nobody want to see that shit. You, see, you hear how people complain about James Harden? Mm-hmm. Imagine if you saw somebody, all he did is, like, they hold the ball for five seconds and then start backing somebody down from, like, the three-point line. 
till they get to the paint. And they I make vaguely remember that. I vaguely yeah. remember the way he used to play. How fun would you think that would look? Boring. Nobody want to watch that 1985 post ball no more. And no, and it's like, yeah, Shaq could do that because he's Shaq. As big as Embiid, like Joel Embiid is one of the biggest players in the league. He's probably what Shaq probably weighs what 60, 60 to 70 pounds more. Mm-hmm. Like Lake, not Orlando Shaq, like Lakers Shaq is like, yeah. So it made for Embiid was like 335. He could play the way Shaq, you know, if people make fun of Embiid saying he needs to be lighter anyway. And Shaq is it like, you know, you get in the paint, you never put your hip into him, you never you lean in and bang, bang, real people are bang, you don't want to bang, you don't want it. Like, I'm sick of hearing that shit. I just want to appreciate my team. I want to appreciate my team winning. Instead, it's like, they need to do this. They need to do that. Now, Trey Burke, dad, complaining about his son don't get enough minutes, and they're not going without some, you know, bet scoring. It's like, we can't go one year without some dad complaining. Like, last year was Mike Muscala's dad being racist. Brian Colangelo was compl- had a burner. <sighs> you know... If you ever paid attention, like how much weird stuff the Sixers gone through the last five years, you would, you would laugh, because they should not be where they at. Their general manager got fired because he had burner accounts talking about his players and other coaches, <laughs> general managers. You know how insane that sounds. <laughs> and then blame, and then blame his wife. Yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy. Let's think about that. A general manager NBA team whose father is like head of USA Olympic basketball is royalty and NBA royalty who basically got the job because the league stepped in to fix the Sixers and then the fairest tank and basically forced the Sixers to fire the GM to hire this numbskull son lost his job over some Twitter shit. Yeah. Um, I don't know how y'all. I don't know how y'all got through that. I really don't. <laughs> like we had that happen. Like you know, people talk about Joel Embiid. Is like he didn't play his first two years. Like he got drafted, foot surgery, mm-hmm. didn't play his rookie year. Needed another surgery, didn't play his second year. Only played about thirty games his third year. Fourth year breaks his face. And he's the best center in the league. He's played what maybe. Two years worth of games. Yes. Missed two. How many people you know missed two seasons, and then come back be an all star? Like I don't play my first two years. A lot, you know. I'm British. I don't play my first two years. Ben Simmons breaks his breaks his foot, misses his first year, can't even shoot. All star. Markel Fultz, draft him, forgets how to shoot. And he doesn't, and he barely plays his first year, barely plays his second year, got traded after his third year. We drafted Jalil Oko for instead of Christophe Porzingis. We drafted Nerlens Noel, and he didn't play his first year. You know how, and that's just like the lottery picks. You know how much bad shit has happened to the Sixers, yet somehow they're a perennial 51 team, and fans still want to complain? Yeah, um... Fans just just gonna complain. That's just what it is. Fans, I would say this. I'm sorry to use perspective. Imagine if Oklahoma City, like the team with Westbrook, Harden, Durant, and Ibaka, and they draft Durant, and he doesn't play his first two years, and they draft Westbrook, and he doesn't play his first year, and they draft Harden, and his arm falls off, and they draft Ibaka, he blows his knee out, and yet somehow. They have the same record that they had when they had all four. You're hard to believe, right? Yeah. 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 But you know, that's, that's just the thing with fans. Fans, I guess we as fans and fans in general, they just going to complain. That's just what they do. And social media has made it easy for people to get silly shit to say, just to say. Because like half of the shit that you send me is bonkers. And especially when y'all like you telling me, oh, well, we win in the game by 30. But this is the tweet that's been sent out. Oh, we need to get a uh, fire, fire. What's your fire? Uh, y'all Brown. I'm like, fire what? Brown. It's, it's about perspective. You know, it's so it's easier than ever to watch multiple games and watch games for teams that you don't normally watch. Most fans don't do that. So all perspective they have is what they see. 
So they're comparing the Sixers to what they think the Sixers should be, not comparing them to, to everybody else. Because I tell people all the time, what situation, like, okay, you don't like the Sixers, fine, six man. Who, who do you think has a better <clears throat> present and future? Like, which team? Which team has what again? Like, if you could pick another team that you say you trust their present and their future better than the Sixers, who is it? Uh, present and future. What? Maybe the, maybe the Clippers, maybe? If you trust that Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard is going to stay there, maybe? Yeah, Even I though the Sixers... I don't trust that, though. That's the whole yeah, thing. I don't you know, trust the, it. The Sixers got a, the same record. I'm like, you know, the Lakers? No. Yeah, now, it's like, now, yeah, two years from now? Three years from now, do you trust that? Yeah, that's like, a, that's a good observation. Yeah, like Milwaukee, Giannis might be Giannis might be gone if they don't win. And I can see so, that. And I'm like, it's so it's real easy. I'm like, you know, Golden State should show you how fragile things can be. And Houston right now should show you how fragile things. I'm a, I know it's like it's easy to complain. Yeah, B, he should be running around with a six pack, and of course you want best him to shoot threes. I'm like, it could be a lot worse. All you gotta do is look at the other team. Like, look at Boston. They're winning now. Boston was supposed to rerun. They were supposed to. They tried to have it both ways. We build for the present while building for the future. They used to brag, "Oh, we won that trade. We got Jason Tatum, and Simmons can't shoot a three. And you that 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 that. Who would you? Which feature would you add? A Sixers or the Celtics? You think Jason Tatum's ever going to be an MVP candidate? Uh no. The way they, the way they gas him out. You think Jalen Brown's going to ever make be all make the All Star team anywhere in the next two to three years? Uh, maybe he could squeeze in there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you build around those two and Gordon Hayward. You know, you can talk about Kyrie Irving all you want, saying, oh, he held the team back. And it's and maybe some truth to that, but you bragged about when you got him. And now all of a sudden it's like, you know, you trust Kim, you trust Kemba Walker like that? He's never been in that situation like clutch time. So which, how do you know? I mean, he can score. That's about it. Yeah, it's like, you know, they had a, they had a lot of cap space. They had a lot of draft picks. And where are they? Wait, you know, and but you know, the thing about Boston too is that I think a lot of players soured on Boston just how they handled their business. People don't like a uh, old boy, um, Danny Ainge. Yeah, Danny Ainge, the way he handled the way he handled situations. The Isaiah Thomas situation didn't help yeah. it. The Isaiah Thomas, and you know what else? Brad Stevens, all that college shit. People were clowning that because they were playing the Sixers. They like you know, it was like fourth quarter. It's like you know, we got to move things to the next level. We gotta elevate our games next level. That's exactly how we sound in the in the huddle. Like that shit works at Butler. This is the pro it like no. That's oh. I'm like Brad Stevens, they treat Brad Stevens like he Eric Spolstra. Like he got all these rings that he had master strategy. I'm like, oh he has never he has never won anything. And they elevate his ass like he royalty. Do you remember what was he last year or maybe a year before when they were saying, is he 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 is, is as good as uh Popovich, and I was just like, what? They they were trying to they were having a debate on one of those shows talking about right now is Brad Stevens. I was just like, get the Probably fuck out of here! I've been hearing this Brad Stevens is God thing for like three years, and I'm like, Brad Stevens is a good coach. Top, I'm like, nah. The, even if you take Popovich out the thing, which I'm not, the Eric Spoelstra die. He got two rings. They're winning now. He has never underachieved. He makes the most. I like you know the Rick Carlisle die. Like what are we like? What are we talking about? You know people don't want to give Doc Rivers credit. I'm like, come on now. Yeah, you can't like what? What I know it's like oh, I know it's like this oh whoa you know he he run plays and he make chicken salad chicken shit like you can't have it both ways where you brag about how much talent they have and then say Brad Stevens does all this stuff with no talent. Which one is it? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is the uh, I don't know. It's funny how people talk about Boston. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it because uh, Brad Stevens is a great coach, but oh no, we got all these young great players. What? We'll see. Yeah, and I, and I don't even know how many of them are great. I see a bunch of I see a bunch of good I see a bunch of good players, the very good players, in a conference with great players. Like you know, but it's funny where we could never beat Boston. We beat them twice. Yeah, um, you know, 
it's yeah, like they in the, they in the same conference with us and Milwaukee. Neither neither one of those sequences where they had the top player. Like you normally don't like normally the team that has the best player wins unless the other team they're playing is just like you know I'm, I got two through five. It's like yeah, they don't got nobody that can handle Giannis and they don't got nobody that can handle Embiid. So how are you gonna win in the best of seven? Uh, it, you know, the, I mean, the, the only way I see somebody beating y'all is like it's gonna have to come a night where y'all are just. It's gonna almost have to be that Toronto thing, <laughs> where it's a shot, the game get close. Here's the thing, and I'm gonna say this as honestly as possible: mm-hmm. health is the only thing that's gonna prevent the Sixers from winning. That's it. If they go in the playoffs, they run in some team and like and beating and Horford are injured. Because the thing last year was. They cratered when Embiid was out. The team just cratered because the backup center position was just horrible. That's one of the main reasons they're getting out of Horford. Like if Embiid, if they get the playoffs and it, and Embiid and Horford's healthy, ain't about beating them in the East in the best of seven. Milwaukee be the closest. Milwaukee be the closest one that can do it. And we played them Christmas, and we'll see. But it's like beyond that, I'm I keep saying that I ain't sweating nobody in the East, and I'm not really sweating anybody in the West. Like. I know LeBron James, like we've talked about this. I know LeBron James is LeBron James, and he can do a lot. And I know Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis ain't getting his shit off against the Sixers. I mean, period. And people don't, it's a whole thing. People don't know that because teams weren't watching when the Sixers played the Pelicans. No, they won't. <laughs> I mean, so it's like that's not something like you gonna know. Like, you, like Anthony Davis, this whole thing. We had this great career. He's an MVP candidate, and he hasn't really done anything because he hasn't had the chance to do anything. So you see highlights, you see the potential, you know how great he is, but you don't look at like individual matchups. And one thing about Anthony Davis is he can't handle people bigger than him. Guess who's bigger than him? <laughs> Joel Embiid. Like I've I've talked to you about this. So no. I'm not worried about the regular season. If they wanted, if they wanted two, one seed or two seed, and they're healthy, show me who gonna beat them. Remember that thing I showed you, like boss, like you know they bullied us the whole game. A lot of teams, know, you know, a lot of teams been saying that. It's starting to become a thing. <laughs> it's starting to become a thing. I want to talk about. We always talk about our teams, and you know, you know, I noticed you don't want to talk about your Timberwolves. You know, we lost every game since the week's last show. Every game we played, we lost. And I get yeah. it; we played against some top teams, but some teams we had chances to win, especially against Utah. I think that's the game that's irritating me the most. But go ahead. It's a long, it's a long season. I want to say, what's a team that you believe in, and a team that you think is phony? Ooh, right now. Right now. Based on because we played about more than a quarter of the season. So we got like a general we have more or less a general idea. Like, you know, one thing we noticed is the East is a lot better than people thought they'd be. And the West isn't as dominant as people thought. So we but more like like, you know, we have an idea who's good, who's not. So who's a team that you think's for real and who you think's a team that's fake? Uh, for real, I would say right now the Lakers, healthy. They're for real. Yes. Yeah. A team that is fake. Jeez. I'm gonna. It's kind of weird. No, I'm not gonna say that because they are say bad. it. Say it. No, say no. It. I don't want. To, I was gonna say this. I was gonna say Toronto, but I was just like, no, because they just got a good team. They got. They had good players even without Kawhi. Yeah, but I can see why people would think that because, like, you took Kawhi Leonard off. People thought that team was going to be, like, average above average. I would say the Lakers, because I'm not going to mention my team, you know, is for real because it's like when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, things have a way of taking care of themselves. I was going to say, I'm going to say it. I'm Houston. I don't don't care about – I just don't think when the playoffs come, when the playoffs come, they are true colors for sure. Houston's too easy. That's why I picked Houston. No, Miami. Cause they have a very they have a very good record. They're a lot better than the team than people would expect it. But I'm like, they've been beating a bunch of past patsies. It's fine, you play who you play. But I'm like this whole oh Pat Riley did it again. 
because he found, you know, an undrafted rookie and another second-round rookie, and Jimmy Butler is thriving. It's like, I don't, this is like the first time in a while Jimmy Butler ain't got to, like, share the spotlight. So it's like, you know, I get the, I get to be Adam Cole. That's Jimmy Butler right now. I get to be the top dude on the team. I ain't got to share. I ain't got to be the sidekick. I'm the man. It's my time. Like, you know, that Triple H speech? The day after WrestleMania, we took over DX. This is my time now. I'm not playing second fiddle. Like, and he's he's playing very like. Here's the thing, I love Jimmy Butler. You know, he plays his ass off, and he'll let you know too. Like Jimmy Butler will let you know how hard he works, which is funny. But Jimmy Butler, as the best player on your team, is not winning a title. Nothing wrong with that, but that's just the facts. And he's the best player on their team. And I know they're talking about maybe they should swing a trade to get Chris Paul. And I'm like. For what? So you can lose in the second round instead of the first round? Like you do you do that if you like go ahead. I know Pat Riley's old. He like I ain't here for no rebuild, stuff like that. And like you do that if you want. I would not recommend doing that. Cause you really want Chris Paul and Jimmy Butler in the same locker on the same team. Those two ornery bastards. Yeah, they get the fist fighting with each other. Chris the cop Paul calling Having somebody get called for a technical because they shirt was hanging out. You see, you see, you see, that was the book, man. Don't get me started on that bullshit. I get it. You know, you know what? And I get it. It's the rules. But how many other players really would have pointed that out? Oh. Imagine get called. Imagine get called by rules by that Mister Nut Puncher himself. Chris Paul. That's like that's. Oh, six, that's nine. like Denzel. That's like Denzel from Training Day arresting you for jaywalking. <laughs> like Negro, are you serious? Like, yeah, it's the rule. Like, and he was gleeful too. I like, you know, it's funny. Chris Paul is the best point guard of the generation, and it's an argument he made. He's like a top three point guard of all time. Like after Magic, and depending on how you feel about Steph Curry and Oscar Robertson, I ain't never met a Chris Paul fan in my life. Me neither. Me. Neither. I was just like, I was like, I remember it was a time when Chris Paul was loved. And I'm talking about this was early in his career. But as I don't know if he got older and just didn't give a fuck no more or whatever. Oh, he, people just he was hating him. Okay. It was a time when he was loved. And it was a time where people were arguing, like, who was better between him and Darren Williams. And for, like, maybe a year, people stupidly thought it was Darren Williams. So that shit went away. <laughs> and it started, like, it was easy to be beloved when he was on the Hornets. And they couldn't win. But he, it wasn't becoming like he tried his best. They couldn't win. And then it started. I think it started when they were on the Clippers. Because at first it was like, you know, they took his side because he wanted to win. They thought Blake Griffin was flaky. And then it's like, yeah, all this talent, they ain't win yet. Like, what's going on? It start, it's when it started. Because it was like he always, you know. And I think a big thing was Steph Curry emerged. And it went from Chris. Chris Paul was like has a great game, but it's like it's not necessarily fun. Chris Paul on the Clippers, like when he was throwing lives, it was efficient. It wasn't necessarily fun. It's not very fun. It's like I can root for this guy. He's fun. Damian Lillard's fun. Russell Westbrook's exciting. And there's this crab ass <laughs> hollering at people like I want to see that shit. And it didn't help. Whatever they play Golden State, used, and I used to defend Chris Paul. The worst thing is to do is like try to play great defense against somebody you can't stop. Because he was trying to play great defense with Steph Curry, and Steph Curry had him spinning like a damn top. Having him look stupid. And it ain't his fault, because, like, Chris Paul's an all-NBA defender. He used to be, not anymore. And it's like, you know, we're a Twitter era. So you're going to see gifts of him getting clowned. It's like, no, I'm cheering that. And then the Houston stuff didn't make any better. Like, I don't know what it is about go to, players go to Houston getting infected. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. And now it's like, you know, he's on the Thunder. And he's out here doing anything to do, like to scrape to get the five hundred. And it's like he is absolutely he is absolutely the cop that's in turn bad, the old grizzled veteran that likes to uh, <laughs> shake down drug dealers and yeah. take their money and you. You know what? For dinner, I know him and LeBron are friends. It's still gonna be funny and sad when they play the Lakers in the first round. If if or if Oklahoma sees an AFC and, and the Lakers just mollywopped them. Because that's what's going to happen. And I'm glad we and the talk about the Lakers. Remember how people were saying too much about you trying to trade all that for Anthony Davis? Yeah. People still saying that? Uh, no. <laughs> and, why, and why is that? Because it's Anthony me. goddamn Davis. Yeah. 
I never understood like, that with, argument. I understood it. It was stupid. I understood the whole thing. It's like he, you know, he was, he was going to be a free agent. Why don't you wait? And you giving away, giving up too much of your foundation and dot dot dot. And I'm like, that foundation hasn't won a damn thing. LeBron James is not 27. If you can get Anthony Davis, you get Anthony Davis. Because guess what? You know what happened after you do that? Guess who you got? LeBron James and Anthony Davis. The same thing the Clippers did. Why they trade all that for three draft picks and all that for Paul George? Well, not because it's Paul George. And you know why else you do that for Paul George? Because who who did you just sign? Kawhi goddamn Leonard. So guess what you got now? Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Well, you have you have the chance to get two all NBA team, all NBA player teams. Not good, great. You do what you need to do. And on a because I, I heard the same argument with the Sixers last year. They complained with the Jimmy Butler trade, and they really complained about the Tobias Harris trade. It was like, you're giving up all this much, and you're going to pay them all that money. I'm like, they not they wouldn't be able, they would never be able to get a Jimmy Butler through free agency because he wasn't going to go. They definitely wasn't going to get Tobias Harris through free agency because he would have signed with somebody else unless he's in the door first and get more money. And you aren't going to win with the players you got. This whole let's build with, you know, Covington and Sarge and the draft pick and all that. Like, you got a chance to win. You win now. Like, Al Horford's not coming to that team with a bunch of the way the team was set up. You don't make those trades. So you make those you make those trades because guess what you got now? You had Jimmy Butler and you almost went to the conference finals. And now you got Tobias Harris. You didn't have that before. He's and he's better than what you trade him for. And I don't sweat draft picks like that. Once you got the foundation set, fuck all that, you know, lottery pick stuff. That's that sound all cute. You use, you know, you do that when you're trying to build the team. Once the team is built and they're young, forget all that. Yeah, because at this you, point, at this point in the league, you're trying to win now. You're trying to win in what three year window, three or two years. Yeah, because you don't know, like you know, like MV, you don't know how you gonna age. Like, you never know. Like, you know, he, he doesn't have a lot of mileage, but these are, you know, that's a big man that's fragile, more or less. So you don't want to take, don't take chance when you got big men. Just just don't do it. Like, you know, just, you got the chance to do it, you do it. Like, what you waiting on? This whole, that's and that's the biggest issue with Sixers fans. They want to do this process thing to death. Like, oh, we could have flipped this for this. And we could have that. They're like, the whole point was to get your foundational pieces and then built around it. And they have Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and now they're building around it. So I want to hear them all that could have been to trade to you know, no such thing. It's all NBA, like, this is all NBA player. You do it. Bradley Bill? No, nah, I'm not. It depends. Like, if I already have two players and he's my third, yes. If I have one and he's my second, Absolutely no. not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Because that's when the mistakes happen, when you trade too much for a player that's not worth it. Like, no, you don't do all that. So, and it's, we can wrap up. I remember when LeBron signed the Lakers and it was a chance, like it was basically between the Lakers and the Sixers. And it was an argument to be made, a rumor that it was a, a opportunity they could get, if they signed LeBron James, they could trade for Kawhi Leonard. And it didn't happen. And it was fine. Kawhi Leonard got traded. And people was like, oh, that's all they got. And people like Sixers to have traded Ben Simmons for that. And I'm like, no. You did, you did not do that. Because even if they win, and there's no guarantee they win, even if they win, he leaves. Then what? Mm-hmm. You can easily say, oh, we got the ring. I'm happy with it. Ask Eagles fans about that. Because <laughs> they won 2017. Do they sound happy now? Yeah. Hell no! They they want to get rid of the coach, GM, and quarterback. See, it was it, two years. Ago. It was different for Toronto because Toronto is that team. Like, uh, okay, if if he left, they still got a ring. Yeah. You know, it's something. It was, and it was also different for Toronto because it was kind of like they could own. They weren't gonna go any farther with Demar Derozan. Yeah, exactly, you, exactly. It's like it's it's tapped out there. Like you're gonna go as far as you're gonna go. There's nothing in the dynamics that's gonna change that team where it's like, oh, if everybody's healthy, we win it. No, that wasn't gonna happen. So it was kind of like it benefited them to take that shot in the dark. Cause like if, if it don't work, it don't work where we are now. Team like the Sixers, you don't do that. Cause like you cause everybody Kawhi Leonard was gonna stay in Philly. And then you give up Ben you give up Ben Simmons. 
Like you imagine, can you imagine that? I hear that. I'm hearing that argument now about Markel Fultz because he's playing decent Orlando. Can you imagine they traded Ben? They traded Ben Simmons for a rental, and then he on the he on the Spurs with Popovich. I have to uh, fight that. I had to fight that argument at work a lot myself. People always tell me, "Oh no, they should trade Ben." Simmons. I'm like, "No, no, stop, please." And it's I always, only, <laughs> and it's only like, one player. Who? Only one player I would trade him for. Who? It's only one. Give me a little. Okay. Only because not that like Damian Lillard's better, but it's not just because he's better. It's his skill set would be perfect on the Sixers. Oh yeah. He's the only. But he's the only one. Like not his players better than Ben Simmons, but I wouldn't put them on Philly. Like Giannis on Philly, like that don't make any damn sense. Like it's it's overkill. Like some like it's you know I'm not training for like somebody old like LeBron James. You know, Kevin Durant's older. I'm not training him for, you know, man coming off Achilles. Steph Curry, I don't know how he's going to be, you know, maybe. Steph Curry's probably may, maybe the only one, but Golden State would never do that. But oh. beyond that, it's like, no. Yeah, it's like, what are you, what are you talking about? We need to move in, a, move in the center or trade him for a point. Who are you training him for? When I ask, when people complain about Ben Simpson, about what he does, I'm like, okay, you want to trade him for who? Yeah, you the first person that actually gave me a a, a decent, a, a great player. Everybody else would be talking about this nonsense stuff. Anybody? CJ, <laughs> CJ McCollum in a draft pick. Are John, you insane? John Wall, what are you talking about? Trade him for, trade him for Drew Holiday and Josh Hart. What? What? No. <laughs> are y'all lost y'all goddamn mind? Like, oh. he's Ben Simmons has played two years. He's only two. This is year three. And I would have thought people learned their lesson seeing what happened with Jason Kidd. Right? Dallas trade or Steve, you know, not even the Steve Nash, because they didn't know it's Steve Nash or Kyle Lowry, because those are easy. And we get spoiled where it's like point guards that take a while. It took Kyle Lowry, what, six, five years, six years? He I, didn't come out the womb as Kyle Lowry. He it took him till team to a team, it's team three. To become Kyle Lowry. Yeah, well, I ain't gonna say nothing about Kyle Lowry. I, he uh, he's all right, but the Jason Kidd when you hit it right on the head. Because you know, I, I remember Jason preached before Jason Kidd got a shot and when he got a shot. It's like you know you just people aren't patient. They want everything to be great. Be great now. How come you ain't great now? It's like everybody ain't Iverson. It took Kobe a while. He Kobe Bryant. Like everybody's not Tim Duncan. I come out of I played four years and I come out averaging twenty one and ten in, in two blocks and do that for almost twenty years. Good for Tim Duncan. Everybody ain't Tim Duncan, and it's a lot harder for point guards. That was Mr. Fundamentals. <laughs> and that's why I get mad because it's kind of like the Sixers. Not only are they good, they're good and young. They got a foundation where it's like you know, beside Horford, everybody else like their mid twenties. And that's always the tricky thing or the thing that's hard. You want your team to win now, and but you also want your player to be great now. Well, you know, he's he may not be what you want right now, but five years from now, six years from now, oh, okay. Now I see why I'm glad we waited with him. Like, but here's the thing. And B was an all-star his second season. Simmons was an all-star his second season. That's not great. I mean, it's that's the thing that get me. It's like Joel and B is already depending on how you feel about Yoke, either the first, the best center, or second best center. Already. It's a, Ben Simmons already is an all-star. With, without a jump shot yeah. and still falls, you know, without a shot, he's an all-star. Motherfuckers. He could have the problem is people want Ben Simmons to play like a fucking 2K player they created. That's the problem. That's the reality. They want him to be able to do it to do it all, and they don't want to wait, and they don't want that process of being like, okay, uh, you know, I, he's gonna grow into being a great player. Like Jordan was Jordan, but he wasn't Jordan when he first got to the Bulls. He got his ass kicked plenty of times by teams. But people don't remember that because Twitter wasn't around back then. So, and trust me, if Ben Simmons was the way they wanted to, then the argument would be changed. Well, you need to trade Joel Embiid because it's Ben Simmons' team. Because we deal with that every. I ain't want to have this conversation because I'm uh, tired. It's because every one time it's like, you know, this must have been how you used to be a Laker fan in the 2000s. It's the Shaq's team, a Kobe team. It's both. You need both. You need both of them to win. 
like that's the beauty of having two great players where if one is off, the other one can carry it. Hmm. So why it shouldn't have to be either like it's my way to highway. No, it's good having options. And 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 it's funny how those two is older now, understanding what they had and what they left on the table. But don't fans at the time, boy. Whew. Yeah, I, I know exactly how that was with the argument. Like, because it's kind of like, you know, and it's funny where in hindsight, the Lakers made the right choice. But nobody thought that. Mm-hmm. And it took a while for people to get that. And it's kind of like, you know, because keep in mind, when that happened, Kobe wasn't beloved yet. Nope. Kobe, was a, Kobe was a selfish-ass monster rapist. So... You know, after a while after that happened, it was like, and Shaq was like, you know, he left Orlando to come there, and he was like the best player on those on those championship teams. And Shaq's, you know, Shaq's kind of conniving himself. Shaq's likable, Kobe ain't likable. Now it's like, you know, oh, the Kobe system. We need the sociopaths, like you know, those Don Draper types. That's in, that's the fit. That's the wave now. I wasn't the wave back then. So, oh. yeah. and I hear these art, and I hear these arguments now, and it's funny. You don't have to worry about those arguments because nobody thinking it's Andrew Wiggins' team. It's like they know it's Carl Anthony Towns' team. I, you know what? At this point, I don't know who team it is. I don't think neither one of them care. I bet, but I bet you they fucking playing some two K somewhere. Oh, you one of them players? You one of them old fans? You need to be in the gym. Stop playing Xbox. Nah, they like can... you can't have a like you can't have a damn hobby. Nah, they can have a hobby. I'm just irritated. The team just got me irritated. That's all. I know, but I just laugh at all that. It'd be somebody that's at work that's watching damn <laughs> people on Netflix telling somebody they need to be at the gym shooting jumpers all day long at 20. You need to grow up. Right at 12, 22-year-old professional, they need to grow up. Yo, why, are you playing, why are you playing solitaire at your day job? The bad thing about it, I be doing that shit to people sometimes. They'll be texting me. I'm like, don't you got work to do? They're like, you ain't working. <laughs> oh, I get mad all the time because I mean, people be watching like, how you watch the whole ass Netflix series at work? They're like, you can't tell me. Like, no, I can't do that. I gotta take care of babies. I don't got time to be like if it's weekends or if it's slow nighttime, then yeah, I can't do that. But during the daytime, it's like, oh, what you doing? Oh, I'm watching The Mandalorian. But you got a job? I get paid so, too. I get paid too. March Madness <laughs> come, you got the button like boss mode. <laughs> the desktop changes to like some some screen say like you pretend you type up a document you know how that's how and people just understand like you know you ain't gonna do any work during March Madness that's fine but you don't go to a professional athlete talking about I hear it now and B need to learn how to do a different spin move cool. you gonna tell Joel and B how you don't really tell I love and we can wrap up with this it's nothing I love, and I say love quotation marks more than when fans tell athletes what they need to do to get not just fans, analysts, what they need to do to get better. You need to do this, this, and this. You don't think they know that? How uh, many questions do you think Ben Simmons get about his jump shot? He need to tuck his elbow in. Go tell him. <laughs> go like go on Twitter, tag Ben Simmons at Ben Simmons and tell him what he needs to do to improve his jumper because I'm sure he didn't know and what you tell him is it's going to work out. Let me know how that goes. Imagine telling a pro athlete, somebody who's made it to the league, how to do their job. Wow. Men do that all the time. They, and I'm glad I've never run to a position where somebody's told me to do that because I would love for that to happen. But, they, you know, people... They mansplained to everybody. Like, you saw that joke camp, you know, um, Michael Thomas broke the receiver record. Yeah. Oh, the pre-zone. And people try to mansplain the joke. Oh, you don't watch football, you don't know who that is? Oh. Did you see that? See that? Like, two two different people did it. No, I did. I'm like, I'm, I'm looking now. I'm going to look for it right now. He quote-tweeted him, quote him and, like, you know, Basically made fun of them, and I tag, and I made fun of one of them. I'm like, that's the whole thing. You really think somebody went on there and they didn't know who Colts Hall of Fame wide receiver is? People, 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 people. Men, no, men. No, when it yeah, comes to that, it's, it's normally men, and it's no, it's and it's normally white. Not all the time, white. It's normally white men that love the man. Well, you know, you don't know who that is, son. You are. Or you're like, come on, chief, pay attention. They love calling somebody son of chief when they explain them how things work. Oh, I would love for somebody to tell and be, you know, maybe if you had a, a gravity-free treadmill 
and you ate smoothies and you worked on your spin move to the left, you could be a Hall of Famer. Thank you, Philly215, father, son, husband, diehard Eagles fans. Now Joel B knows that because you told him. And now he's going to make it to the promised land. A man who didn't start playing basketball since he was like 16 or 17. Anyway, we're going to get out of here. Uh, next week should be an interesting show. Uh, I think the playoffs positions in the NFC should be no. No, no, it might go down to the next week after that. So, but we don't know where our teams will be at. Um, if you want any questions or comments, you can leave them at Jeff versus the world at yahoo.com. If you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me at Jeff versus the world on Twitter and Facebook and on Instagram at the real Jeff versus the world. Uh, Shahid, you can find me, and that's uh, people have been finding me interesting people too online at Philly Drugs. That's Philly underscore drugs. And also Instagram, same thing. Yep. Until next week, we are out. Peace. Peace.